Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the So You Had a Baby podcast, episode 26. Before we get started with today's episode, we wanted to share a sweet review from one of our listeners, Jordan Diane 26. And she says, listening to this podcast has been so helpful for me as I prepare for my journey into motherhood. I have found each episode to be so helpful in offering many perspectives on the postpartum period. I also very much appreciate the focus on positivity and giving yourself grace. I would recommend anyone who is pregnant, wanting to be pregnant, and especially those who already have kids to take a lesson. A special shout out to Jordan Diane 26 and thank you so much for taking the time to review our podcast. If you're listening and like what you hear, drop us a review. And if you want to know when a new episode airs, click the subscribe button. Now, let's jump into today's episode. Lauren Woodworth and Chandler Letton were introduced by a mutual friend in 2015 when they were living parallel lives. Both pregnant and in the throes of enormous home remodeling projects, after having their babies and the dust had settled, literally, Lauren and Chandler began seriously discussing what it would take to start a company together. Fast forward three years later in March 2019, the two ladies officially launched Avon an athletic nursing bra company. The way they put it is, together, they are tackling this business venture the way they would tackle motherhood, figuring it out as they go, making mistakes, and having fun in the process. We had so much fun talking to Lauren and Chandler today. Their postpartum journeys were so different, and they both shared such wonderful perspective and advice that I know all mamas listening will find value in. Also, I personally love their mom hacks, and I cannot wait for you to hear them. As if that wasn't enough, they created such an amazing product that you definitely need and we know you'll love. We hope you enjoy this episode as much as we did. Welcome to the So You Had a Baby podcast. We are your hosts, Inkiru and Krista. We'll be sharing empowering stories and topics to inspire women to grow and love themselves more throughout their postpartum journey. Join us each week as we work to change the stigma around postpartum. Well, today we are so excited to have Lauren Woodworth and Chandler Letton from Avon on. And this is a little bit different this time because we have two of two of you on together. So we're going to have you start off by telling us your names, your profession, who you're both moms to, and what led you both to an interest in working in your field. Okay, well, I can start. Um, This is Lauren here, and I'm a mom to John, who's three and a half years old. And my profession is an operating room nurse, which I've been doing for about 13 years now. And it's always been something I've wanted to do. My mom is a nurse and uh, my uncle is, and he was a general surgeon and he used to take me into the operating room with him when we would go down and visit him in Florida. So he kind of really sparked my interest in the operating room and seeing just how truly fascinating the human body is and 
what it's capable of overcoming and just how, even though we're all very similar, there's a lot of differences. So I love my field and it gives me a lot of flexibility, you know, in my personal life and family. And it's provided me the opportunity to become a small business owner. So that's where I'm at. And Chandler... <laughs> I am Chandler and I am a mom to Sedona who is also three and a half she was born three days before Lauren's son John and my second baby girl is Owen and she was born on December 23rd poor girl such an awful <laughs> birthday I had one born on Thanksgiving one born the day before Christmas Eve And Owen is two and a half, so they are 13 months apart. My occupation is I am, my day job is I'm a designer. And then my night job is I am the co-founder of Avon. That's awesome. Also, you guys are both amazing carrying two different jobs at the same time, or more than two, let's be real, your moms as well. You got to do what you got to do, you know? Yeah, I think think that is something that is admirable something someone else on our podcast I think it was the last episode that we there are two episodes ago uh, we interviewed someone and they mentioned how it is important to keep your day job especially when you're just starting out because that is the supplier of of your company and eventually when your company is where it needs to be where you're, you're comfortable to quit that day job then you can she was just expressing the importance of a side hustle and how it can it could really mm-hmm. turn into something but a lot of the time people just quit cold turkey and jump into a business and then they have no money they're kind of lost everything is new they don't mm-hmm. know what to do <laughs> so i actually think that's admirable right. that you guys still have your your jobs and um but you're still uh pouring yourself into this company that you really believe in well yeah. thank you for that it's admirable and exhausting (laughs) I bet (laughs) we're both we're both at that kind of tipping point where we want to scale back with our day jobs and take that leap to commit you know a hundred percent wholeheartedly to Avon and it's kind of like that experience of deciding like we want to have a baby where Mm. there's never gonna feel like really the right time in your life Mm necessarily there might be more trips you want to go on maybe financially you're not sure if you're ready it kind of feel like this is our baby and (laughs) we don't know if we're ready but we have to jump in at some point so we're we're kind of at that point now where we're making moves to scale back our day jobs knowing that that's always there for us but just to really you know dive into this labor of love that we're working on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is not the first time I've heard a side hustle or, you know, a passion, what starts off as passion project turn like referred to as a baby because it's true. It's true. (laughs) It's like you pour everything into it. You pour your hopes and dreams into it. You want, you like nurture it from, (laughs) you know, infancy, if you will. And you want to see it grow up and turn into this grown up business and <laughs> make every decision for it. Yeah. <laughs> it really is a baby. Yeah. Yes. You dress it. 
<laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. <laughs> it is very, it's very true. But that leap is scary. It could be very scary. So I, I get, I get, mm-hmm. the, I get the nervousness. But just based off of what I know from your guys's company and what you guys have done, girls, you have nothing to worry about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into a little bit about your postpartum experience. Um, we want to, we have a lot of, a lot of things to, to talk about here. So let's first talk about open up to um, your postpartum experience, each of your guys's. So if one of you guys can start, if you can describe your postpartum experience in one word, what would it be and why? Okay, I can start that. I'd say that my postpartum experience in one word was a trip. it uh was a brand new experience for me uncharted territory where I really had to learn to let go of being in control not knowing what was coming next trying to figure everything out on the fly and why I describe that as a trip is that's very it's similar to how my husband and I like to take trips we kind of like to sort of plan where we want to go but then not plan too much after that and Mm -hmm. that is challenging for me in many ways Uh, I'd like to be in control very much a control freak I'm kind of OCD in that way and so my postpartum experience was an eye-opener that I really wasn't in control of a lot of things and I had to sort of learn to be okay with that and have resilience so yeah yeah that's my it was a trip (laughs) that's a that's a great explanation of of why you chose that word too I like it (laughs) but about you Chandler what would you what would you say is your word my word is foreign and that is because by nature I am not a super maternal person And so I don't, we don't have kids in the family. I'm just, I've never been around, I've never consistently been around babies and that's not something that was in my wheelhouse. And then you take all the classes that kind of walk you through labor, but I, and what to do with the baby afterwards, but (laughs) it's not, it's not real. You're sitting in a class and you can go home and take a nap. So now, not knowing what I know, it was, it just, everything felt foreign. Like I was learning another language and mm-hmm. everything, learning everything. Mm-hmm. All at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. While still, while still trying to keep somebody alive mm-hmm. and yourself. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I also really love the fact that you say, cause I feel like this is something that there is sometimes a lot of shame around women, especially saying, but that it's true. Not every woman feels that motherly instinct or like that, that like what you just said, I don't know if I, yeah, that (laughs) call. And so I'm glad Mm -hmm. that you said that because I feel like there's going to be so many women here that are like, Oh, thank goodness. Someone else says Mm -hmm. that like, I'm not alone. (laughs) Right. Yes. So let's have you go ahead and you guys can decide who goes first. Maybe we'll keep the order so our listeners can kind of stay with us. But go ahead and share your postpartum story. We'd love to hear it. Oh, man. So this is Lauren, and I'll go ahead and start again. So I had a really long labor. It was like 23 hours too long. (laughs) (laughs) 
but relatively it went smooth. It just, it seemed to take a really long time. And I kind of labored at home for a while. And then I went into the hospital and I was super pumped. I was dilated to be at a five when I came in the door. And so my husband and I were like, yes, we're having this baby. I called my sister to come on over because I was there with the birth of her first child. And so it was really important to me to have her there for mine. And she came on over and I really wanted an epidural and I had my baby at OHSU, which is where I work. And so I knew all of the anesthesia staff. I was very comfortable with everybody. Um, I knew who was going to be on call, who was there. And <laughs> I'm like, hook it up, guys. And so I got the epidural and just kind of stalled out for the next 23 hours. Like nothing really happened. I ended up having to be induced. And but overall, it was a very it was a pretty smooth birth and labor. I had a small tear. My son was super big. He was eight pounds, 11 ounces. And (laughs) none of of us could believe he was that big. He looked like a toddler with a full head of dark hair. And um, so everything was pretty great. You know, I was felt really blessed to have a healthy child. But then we left the hospital and I sobbed the whole way home. I was sitting in the back seat right next to the car seat. My husband was driving with like white knuckles on the steering wheel. And (laughs) I don't know why I was crying, you know, and I was apologizing to him. Like, I don't know why I'm crying. I think I'm just really nervous or just all these hormones and emotions. And I felt very happy, like over the moon happy, but also like, oh my God, we're coming home and I'm we're in charge of keeping this person alive. Like this is really scary Mm -hmm. and it didn't feel natural to me. So we got home and I think I kept crying for like three weeks. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) I think I had a lot of anxiety initially for the first, at least for the first month of, you know, having a newborn and a lot of that centered around I was in the process of remodeling my house and Chandler was as well. We were living (laughs) parallel lives at that point. So my husband and I, we were living in our basement, um, which was finished, but we were still working on the upstairs and we came home and breastfeeding was very difficult, like right from the start. And I kind of powered through it and just kept working at it and working at it. We went to lactation and got some advice and we kept working at it, but I, something was not right. It was really difficult. Like it felt more difficult than it should have been. And that was kind of overwhelming to me. Like it felt like it should have been a natural process, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm a woman, I have these breasts that are made to nourish my child and he should just be latching on and everything should be good. But I think maybe it was an unrealistic expectation, but anyway, it wasn't until like a couple of weeks and like really (laughs) torn up nipples that the lactation consultant said, you know what? I really want to do like a thorough assessment of his mouth. And she found him to be tongue tied. And so at that point, you know, we scheduled to have that taken care of. And then the same day that happened, our basement flooded. Mm. (laughs) and so the space that was like our safe haven from the construction flooded and Mm. it was 
like a record day of rainfall in Portland. And thank God we were home during that time because we were had this lovely little morning. My husband and I were making waffles and just loving our baby. And a coworker came by to come visit him. And thank God she did because she walks in and we're like, Leah, our basement's flooding. Oh, <laughs> no. And she's like, what? <laughs> We're like, oh. So my husband is literally like scooping buckets of water. There was like this geyser and I had to run John upstairs, like throw him in a rock and play. And my friend and I carried wrapped up all of the rugs, carried all of the furniture upstairs. And so it was just like, a, it was a lot. <laughs> and that was, that was the same day we were supposed to get his tongue snapped. Mm. Oh so we did that. So we got the like water situation under control. My husband and I drove across town and five o'clock traffic, which if anyone that's listening lives in Portland would know that driving from Southeast to Northwest at five o'clock is a nightmare. Mm-hmm. And we did that with our infant and, um, you know, got his tongue snipped, drove home and we just came home to a house that was, everything was just stairs and so at that point (laughs) it was just kind of like it was it was okay because it was too much to even worry about and so we just ordered pizza and (laughs) we just really kind of settled in amongst our furniture that was kind of like piled everywhere and you know, after that, like after my nipples healed, I had been pumping that whole time. And we, my husband and I were giving John bottles and, you know, pumping's a lot of work and it's not really all that gratifying. And so kind of after we let everything kind of heal for the next week or so, and then reintroduce breastfeeding. And after that, everything kind of was much better after that. And I kind of like, I think my anxiety kind of you know, died down. I felt like I was able to like feel successful and have some control over some parts of my life again. And then we kind of, you know, then he like, we got into a groove after that and yeah. And then once we got in our groove, it was time to go back to work. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) yeah, just in time, just in time. (laughs) Right. I know, (laughs) but yeah, you know, we had friends that were really helpful and my husband's a nurse too. And so he's, you know, I can share like the good, the bad, the ugly, all of that mm-hmm. <laughs> with him. Yeah. And my sister was around and she'd had a baby before. And, you know, it was really nice to have people checking in on me that had been through it. I was kind of the last of my friends to have a baby. So I had some people around me that had, had some... been through the hoops. Yeah. Had some experience <laughs> yeah. in that realm. Mm-hmm. that yeah. definitely makes it helpful sure. yeah yeah uh, Lauren you kind, of talk, so, you kind of touched on anxiety and I just wanted to talk a little bit more about that just mm-hmm. just like how long would you say you experienced anxiety in your postpartum before I guess it dissipating a little bit well I think did you all have a guest on your podcast that had postpartum anxiety? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we've um, had a few actually. <laughs> yeah. So I never had, I never felt depressed 
I never had postpartum depression. I definitely had anxiety though. Mm -hmm. And I think that is coming from being like a high functioning female, a professional, someone that is very busy, likes to accomplish a lot. You know, we're remodeling our house, taking on a lot of projects at once. And then you have a baby and you really can't do any of that. Like you really can't do any of those things that once brought you like a personal sense of satisfaction and accomplishment. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's where my anxiety was stemming from was just feeling like I wasn't in control of the situation and also feeling like I wasn't good at something like I didn't know what I was doing as a mom uh, to an infant and I think that you know I think it dissipated I think it really helped when I went back to work honestly because I only went back part-time but it felt like when I went back to work it was sort of a relief because I was going back to a job that I knew I was good at mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that really helped me like I didn't have to like google how to be a nurse every day like (laughs) where like you know at home with like a newborn I was felt like I was having I was researching like figuring out what's next what's this rash what's this like what's going on with his scalp you know there's like all these things that you're you're not sure what's happening um so I think I think my transition back to work was kind of when my anxiety like went away too okay that's that's really interesting to hear because I feel like some people would say say differently in the sense that like it's one more thing like okay now I have to step away from the baby and that's one more sense of anxiety whereas it, it's interesting that you that you bring that up it's like that is the thing that you had control over and so mm-hmm. it gave you this like sense of peace knowing okay I know I'm good at this I and I can kind of not not that you ever get to like step away but like you know you got to like separate for just a moment enough to be like mm-hmm. okay I'm good at this I got it on I've got it under control again and I can go back to feeling like at least you had some balance back it seems like yeah and you go back to work and there's other women that have been there and that welcome you back and they notice that it's your first day back you know and you know, are really supportive. And so I think that really helps too. And having adult conversations with people and, you know, yeah, and tapping back into your professional side. And so I really, yeah, I think that was about when it, things kind of evened out and we got back into like a routine. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Chandler, what about you? Can you share uh, your postpartum story? Sure. I will be totally honest that my postpartum story is not all that interesting. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I'm very fortunate that I had two very healthy babies. They were born in the hospital. They came home right away and I didn't have a ton of complications. However, I think my mindset prior to that is what really kind of paved the way for that because like Lauren said, we were also in the middle of remodeling our house. We bought a house that was, we like to call it a diamond in the rough. (laughs) I had been watching so much Fixer Upper and I was like, I got this. And it is so much harder than they make it look. Oh my gosh. But 
five weeks before my due date, we ripped out our entire kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Like down to the walls. Like we didn't even have, we had studs in there and that was it. And my daughter was born two weeks early. So Mm. we had a lot of it done, but my, I'm really lucky that I have a lot of family in town. So it was a very cool experience because my entire family came over and finished our kitchen so we could come home to a house with walls. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. It really was amazing. And I mean, in hindsight, I was really stressed about having the kitchen done, which is so funny because you think like, I'm going to have a baby. I have to get all this stuff done. Um, A baby actually doesn't care about your kitchen at all. (laughs) (laughs) So it would have been less stress if I wasn't staying up all night to get my kitchen done before. (laughs) But I think that's what kind of just paved the way to let go of any expectation. So I never saw myself doing one thing or the other or like I didn't have any solid plans because this remodel had really kind of prepped me for just you know trust the process mm-hmm. yeah that's great <laughs> <laughs> yeah sounds good so yeah, so what you're you saying know. is remodel your kitchen before you have a baby is that what you're recommending <laughs> yeah, like something so stressful that you can't be consumed with any more <laughs> And if that is gutting your entire house, do it. <laughs> All right. Also, I've gotten from that that you need to hire your family to come over and help. Yeah. So I will reach yeah, out to them soon. Support, right? <laughs> yeah. well, army and they're fast. I guess what I'm wondering, and, and maybe people that are listening are wondering too, is how is your guys' houses? Are they good? Are they, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Are they still standing? <laughs> yes. And I can say. Taylor has a beautiful house. Well, so does Lauren. <laughs> our, we're lucky. Our hand, our husbands are very handy. Yeah. And uh, we're the, we make it pretty, but they do all the heavy lifting. And, um, yeah. but when we were both pregnant, it was like, if you wanted to come over and hang out, you basically had to build yourself a seat because we didn't have like yeah. any of our stuff in there. Yeah, it was a lot. But now every time I walk into my house, I have such an appreciation for every single thing in there that yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to leave anytime soon. Mm-mm. That's amazing. <laughs> so Chandler, would you say that you really enjoyed postpartum? No. <laughs> How come? I would not. I would absolutely not say that. Um, he, yeah, my biggest struggle was really just nothing felt like mine anymore. Like and it was mostly my body mm-hmm. where one, I hate pads. Anytime I've never worn pads, like from day one, it was tampons. I mm-hmm. cannot move in a pad. It feels like I'm wearing a diaper. It gives mm-hmm. me this whole other complex. It's like, I'm in a bubble that everyone knows. <laughs> I'm wearing pads. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it was like these giant pads and, I really, I was in pretty good shape because I had to build a house. So I was in pretty good shape when I had a baby. And I really thought I was just going to be the the person who bounced right back. And like, I've always had a good metabolism and I've been pretty healthy, but I was not that person. And that was actually really hard for me to kind of 
still see like a softer curvy body that Mm -hmm. just didn't even feel like mine like nothing about it and then you have to wear these like awful granny panties and everything is related to like how I didn't like my underwear apparently (laughs) (laughs) I get it though (laughs) your clothing clothing feels so foreign yeah and that's the thing I didn't even care about I kind of lost like okay I'm not gonna get my my body back but I just want I want my clothes back like I want to be able to fit into my clothes because I'm so sick of these maternity clothes that were not that cute (laughs) yeah and wearing maternity clothes postpartum is not that fun so it was that was like the the biggest hurdle for me to get over and it was kind of the emotional part well I guess on that same note what would you say Chandler, what would you say was your biggest win? And then we'll we'll also refer to uh, Lauren on this question too. But what would you say was your biggest win? You just shared your biggest struggle. I mean, I think my biggest win is is kind of just learning how to accept my body and really appreciate like everything that it had done. You know, it's it was the whole body love thing, self love, and it was. I, I don't know what I was thinking, but I kind of figured like I'd have a baby and then I'd go for a run. And <laughs> it took me so long to be able to mm-hmm. run and running a mile was really hard. So I didn't want to start over and I don't, I don't, I don't like being bad at things. So I didn't want to do it. And, but finally it was like, these are the things that I used to love and go back and do it. And so I think kind of really accepting like, this is my new body and I need to work with what I have now mm-hmm. and like be thankful for everything that it can do. Mm-hmm. But that is easier said than done. And I know like self-love is a big thing right now. And I think it's amazing. And people make it sound really easy and it's not that easy, mm-hmm. especially at a time when you are like, so your everything feels so uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're not in your yeah. And mm-hmm. foreign, like what you, the word you use for your postpartum, that's the perfect word. I mean, it it is a trip Lauren and it is a, it is foreign mm-hmm. like it's real for sure yeah mm-hmm. and and stuff like like you said self-love it, it's true everyone talks about it and it is so important but it's not easy sometimes it's, no it takes it's a lot of work understand it right but to actually do it is like sure I can forgive myself for you know having a nice fluffy tummy and postpartum but when it's like I lost all my muscle mass like that's really hard to like look at yourself and be like who is this yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's um, true it's it's like a muscle you have to you have to practice and you have to you yeah. have to work at it and yeah. you have to you have to get through the you know work through the struggle because there are days that you you know you think okay I'm gonna talk about slump love and I'm gonna preach it and I'm gonna I'm going to think about it. But when it goes to like standing in front of the mirror and be like, okay, I really love you person standing, staring back at me. That's, it's much harder to do. It is. Yeah. So much harder. It's hard. I don't think I've ever actually done that. You should. It's really, it's really healing. Yeah. When you do that, that's yeah. when it gets super real and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I need to, I need to assess mm-hmm. this real quick. But I, what I was going to say is, and this is going to sound super cheesy, but self like learning self-love takes a lot of self-work and it's hard and there's Mm -hmm. struggles and Mm -hmm. you have to you have to be willing to to put in that work in order to to accept the new identity that you have because there's a total identity Mm -hmm. shift that goes on um, after having a baby that mm-hmm. a lot of people don't talk about and a lot of people don't realize yeah. 
when they're pregnant or before they get pregnant, they don't realize that that happens. It's just, it's when you're in postpartum that you're like, whoa, this is kind of an out of body experience. And you, you're kind of searching for yourself again. And so a lot of self work Mm -hmm. is involved in self love. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. Oh, super. Really uncomfortable. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. And how about you, Lauren? Yeah. What about you? What was your biggest struggle and what was your biggest win in postpartum? Well, I'd say my biggest struggle was going to Target with my infant, (laughs) (laughs) which like legit. (laughs) It's just a really good example of (laughs) how hard it was adjusting to an infant um, where you know, you're sort of used to running at your own speed and jumping in the car, going to run your errands. You're in and out, you're back home in an hour, like everything's done, everything's all zipped up, everything you need to do. Um, and I remember I, I don't know, John was probably about, uh, he was maybe a week old, if that, but I really was feeling very stir crazy. I needed to like get out of the house. We'd had a lot of visitors, which was nice to have that interaction, but I really wanted to just like start getting out. Um, and I wanted to go to Target. <laughs> and I had the most random list of things that I wanted. <laughs> you know, it's like your happy place just to go kind of wander around. And I could not. So my husband was like, go for it, babe, you know, go to Target, do your thing. And (laughs) you get crazy. (laughs) Yeah, And I could not conceptualize how I was going to take my baby and also shop for the random stuff that I needed, which entailed like a trash can. And I don't know what else I felt like I needed, but I didn't know how to like, I was like, I don't know if I need a carrier or should I put his car seat in the shopping cart? But then where am I going to put the trash can? If it's, if he's in the shopping cart, like, and you know, should I just put him in the stroller, but then how am I going to carry, how am I going to push a shopping cart and the stroller? I just could not like, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't like conceptualize in my mind how that was going to go down. So I ended up just like crying and not going. Mm. And (laughs) 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 that was kind of like where I was at at that point in my life and you know and I also at some point like I wanted to go for a walk just up to the grocery store which is seven blocks from my house and I felt like I was feeling pretty good this was like you know less than a probably like five or six days postpartum and it was I couldn't do it I mean I went for part of the way I made it to the store, but the whole way back, like I ended up calling my husband to come pick me up because I just still had so much like swelling and it was too much. Like it was, I shouldn't have been pushing myself. And so I really, I like to run. I'm very, I love exercise. Like I like those endorphins and things like that. And, um, really like I didn't get back to running for almost a year postpartum Mm -hmm. and and I kind of like and I was okay with that and maybe that's like my one of my biggest wins was 
not pushing myself so hard Mm. and being okay with just walking, like walk, going for walks, walking with my baby in the stroller and not, I didn't really like feel the need to run or to like push my body that hard. And that was, I'd say that was probably my biggest win. Yeah. That's a good one. (laughs) It's a really good win. It is. And I, and I also really like that your biggest struggle was target and not just because <laughs> not, but it's true. Those it's little so tasks that seem like it is. And those little tasks that used to be so simple. I mean, I still feel like I'm, I do that. It was like, Oh, I just want to run to the store, but mm-hmm. I don't want to have to pack all the snacks. And I'm going to have to, yeah. I'm going to have a battle halfway through the store. And I, you know, I literally just need one thing. I'm just not going to go. Like it, yeah. I can weasel my way out of it just because it's, it's a much harder thing to do now. It's not an easy, it's not an easy run to the store. Everything, it's going to take a little bit more planning and that switchover is hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of start to overthink it. Yeah. You overthink it. It feels but I don't overwhelming know. and you're just like, then all you can do is just cry and you're just like, ah, I can't, I'm just not going to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know. Meanwhile, my husband goes out and runs all these errands and has yep. no problem. All the energy doesn't pack any snacks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so true. And things, things seem to still work out. So, you know, I should <laughs> take some cues out of his book. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So looking, so looking back for both of you in the first year of postpartum, is there anything that you guys would have done differently? I would say that for me, I would really, I would really try to embrace that fourth trimester as truly an extension of my pregnancy Mm -hmm. and like care for my, care for myself in such a way that it really is an extension of your pregnancy. It's not like you just had a baby and you're done and now you move on. Um, There's still like a lot of healing that should happen on so many levels, not just physically, but mentally, hormonally. And so I think really embracing that time period would have helped me really enjoy, try to enjoy every minute of my maternity leave a little bit better before it's over. It just seemed like it flew by, you know, Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm already like halfway through and then two months are done. And then all of a sudden you have two weeks left. And so I think, you know, just really embracing that time period and slowing down and laying around on the couch with your baby on your chest and just being okay with not doing it much else mm-hmm. yeah. and um because it really does it it passes so fast and it's it's just such a short time period it feels like forever you know like every day feels so long but it's it really is just like gone in a blink of an eye yeah so it is yeah yeah that's good i i agree yeah. Uh, Chandler, what, what about you, Chandler? I would, I would allow people to help me more. And my family was really helpful. They would have been there every single minute if I wanted them to be, but I didn't really want that. And not because I don't love them. I 
I love having them around. I just am used to kind of doing things my way. And oddly enough, I'm not a control freak, but I just didn't, I didn't feel like I necessarily needed the help, which in hindsight was really bad because like Lauren said, it is such a short time. And like one of my favorite memories of Sedona, my first baby was my, it was, she was, it was right around Christmas time. And my favorite movie of all time is Prancer, which happens to be a Christmas movie. (laughs) 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 And I took her in my bedroom and just let her lay on my chest and we watched Prancer together. And I know it's like so sweet. And in hindsight, like I shouldn't have been trying to keep up with the laundry and the dishes. And I should have had all my time be spent like that instead of trying to stay on top of everything. And so I wish that I would have allowed people to help me more than what I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's true. It's so it's so hard to put those things down, but when you do, you're like, oh, these moments are so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Why can't I do this all the time? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and you have so many people coming to visit you, and you know, everyone wants baby snuggles, and that's great, and that's beautiful. It's also hard to ask someone to like do your dishes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And to, clean, to clean your pump parts and to switch over the laundry and yeah. clean your bathroom because that no one's cleaned that in, <laughs> in a while. And those are hard asks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I felt that way too. Yeah. I yeah. That is that is completely relatable and I'm sure people that are listening can relate to that too, because that's, that's what you need, you know, like, that's what you need. You love when people come around and, and, you know, you want to, they want to see the baby, they, you get it. But what you actually need is someone to do the dishes or prepare a meal or clean your bathroom. <laughs> those are things, right. <laughs> those are really hard to ask. Right. I totally agree with that. And it's, it's much easier if someone can ask you, is there anything I could do to help? And I think that is, that's sometimes what people don't get. So maybe if there are listeners out there that are family members of newly postpartum moms, ask them, (laughs) what would you like me to do? How can I help you? Because that is, that is more um, easier to navigate than just telling people what to do when they come over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Also realizing that those first couple months, I like everyone wants to hold your baby, but you just carried a baby for nine months in your stomach and you kind of want to hold your you baby. Hold your so like baby. Hand, <laughs> handing your baby over to someone, you're like, I don't really want to. I worked yeah. really hard for this. And like, I'm kind of enjoying all these snuggles. Totally. I, oh, I've earned yeah. them. Like, I don't want to hand the baby over. I really just need you to help clean my house yeah. so I can enjoy my baby <laughs> snuggles. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not selfish. I want to ask you. I just want you to do it. Yeah, right? Exactly. So Maybe I, think, I should have hired a house cleaner. <laughs> I tell you what, that is actually something that someone has said is that is the gift that they give is house cleaning. Yeah. Is oh, instead of doing instead of doing like the, you know, the 17th blanket that someone may not need, you get them a gift card for someone to come clean their house 
one yeah. one time or you know because that's what they really need <laughs> yeah yes, most definitely i'll have to keep that in mind that's excellent mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well moving on here if you guys knew what you know now what are three things that you would say to your prenatal self to help you in postpartum and lauren we could start with you sure I would say to just throw any ideas of perfection out the window. (laughs) I would say to enjoy every single minute of maternity leave. If you are somebody that has to go back to work eventually, uh, it goes by so fast. So just really enjoy, 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 enjoy every minute of that. And also, I really don't believe nipple confusion is a thing. (laughs) (laughs) And I'll explain that in better detail. But I, you know, like I said, I had a really hard time breastfeeding initially. And so I was pumping and we were doing bottles. And I, you know, initially was worried that that would be confusing for my son's mouth. Mm -hmm. And that he wouldn't take to breastfeeding after that, after getting that really fast, you know, um, nourishment from a bottle and um, that that would be a difficult transition back. Well, it wasn't. And so I had all of this unnecessary like worry before that, um, that didn't even need, it didn't serve me. I didn't need to have that. Um, additional worry about that going on. Um, So then after that, you know, he was breastfeeding wonderfully. And then we never, I never went back to like pumping and giving bottles. Well, then guess what? Then I'm going back to work in like a week and he won't take a bottle. Mm. So, (laughs) and I've got my sister and my husband, you know, they're lined up to watch my son. And so I start, we start buying every bottle that we think, you know, we're doing all this research. What are the bottles that best mimic a breast and a nipple? And we end up with like the Momo, Komotomo. Yeah. Komotomo (laughs) bottles. And, but it was so, it was so worrisome. So I'm going back to work and he still won't take these bottles like my husband has sent me out on errands he's like you need to leave the house for several hours and let me get him to take a bottle before you go back to work for like 12 hours at a time you know Mm -hmm. and it wasn't we weren't successful so I had to go back to work like knowing that my baby was going to be crying and be hungry because he was refusing to take a bottle Hmm. and so you know it ended up it worked out my sister you know, he cried for like half of the day and then she basically forced fed him. And, you know, my husband kind of had to do the same thing after that. And eventually like he got it, but like, I think nipple variety is the spice of life. (laughs) (laughs) Things you never thought you'd say. (laughs) I just, uh, so uh, yeah, I think those are the three things that I would say to my prenatal self. (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Chandler, what about you? My three things, the first one would be just kind of F what everyone thinks. Like that nobody is looking at you. And I feel like you have this 
you're I just was not confident at all and I felt like everyone was going to be watching about what kind of bottle I was giving or what kind of clothes not like in terms of how fancy did my kids look but are they super safe clothes and you know I just felt like everyone was watching me all the time they were not that was that was all on me (laughs) Um, the second one would be do not google the word rash (laughs) they do um then I went down the rabbit hole and my husband came home and I was crying and I told him that my daughter had leukemia rash and oh, no. he did not again did not um so I don't, there's so many there's so many bad ones and obviously like you know kids get rashes but when it's your kid it's like this is a bad one I know it's not just a normal rash so when it's your kid leukemia I- rash <laughs> Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's going to be amplified. <laughs> the third one that I would say is not so much pick and choose your battles, but learn where to place your priorities and kind of determine what is the most important to you. You don't have to be good at every single element of it. And, you know, if breastfeeding was really important to Lauren and, and she worked really hard to make that happen. And, you know, if that's not as high on your priority list like pick a priority that is really high and don't put them all at the top of your list like Mm -hmm. let some stuff go yeah I think that would be my my biggest one I like Mm -hmm. that I like that piece of advice so what is the biggest lesson you've learned from each of your own postpartum experience that you would pass on to someone else oh I would say that it's just this moment in time that it just passes so quickly and everything's going to work out. That's something that my grandpa always said. And I always remember that when I'm struggling, um, is that everything's going to work out just fine. And it does. It does. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, you know, asking for help. And it's kind of nice to have some of that help set up beforehand, whether that's a meal train or... You know, I'm not entirely sure what that looks like for different people. We had, um, my mother-in-law came in for a visit. We had that sort of prearranged, um, cause we don't, we don't have grandparents that live here. They're all back in Kansas city. So, you know, kind of having those sort of visits lined up to help you, but yeah, it just goes by so fast. It's, and then you're on to the next thing and. So even though it's challenging and it's hard and it's difficult, like you're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, that is a really big lesson and, and a hard, hard thing to constantly remember when you're in the trenches for sure. But yeah, once you're out of it, you're like, you know what? Everything happened for a reason. And I'm, I am where I am now. And I'm glad that I went through what I went through in order to get to where I am now kind of have a sense of appreciation, mm-hmm. I guess a little bit but it can definitely absolutely yeah and a big it's really a big eye-opener like a well of empathy for anybody else that's had a baby mm. you know I mean everybody's story is different but I feel that I you know once going through that experience have just this 
sense of compassion for anybody else going through that Mm -hmm. because it's, it's life-changing and it's enormously joyful. It's just, it's a huge event. Yeah. (laughs) Our bodies went through a really amazing, like athletic feat to be able to do that. And so it's really cool. It's fascinating. It's hard. It's grueling. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I never understood that beforehand. Mm -hmm. Exhausting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And Chandler, what about you? Mine would be to take all of the mom guilt and just burn it. It is. (laughs) It's not necessary. (laughs) It doesn't do anything that anything productive it doesn't help at all and you know you you do all this research and you read about what you should be feeding your kid and you know even how to introduce foods Mm -hmm. and how you should properly bathe them and what kind of soaps you should use and it's like you just want to give your child the best of everything and if if that can't happen that is okay (laughs) like there's no need to feel guilt Mm -hmm. that Maybe one time you didn't use baby friendly soap and you just use your normal bubble bath. You know, <laughs> yeah. It's fine. So that would be my my main one is mm-hmm. just kind of just don't even get hung up on on comparisons and bringing on the mom guilt. Yeah, no shame in your game. Maybe even actually write them down and burn them. It might be really therapeutic. Flying wish papers. Yeah, that is actually not a good idea. I like it. <laughs> That'd be a lot of burned paper going up in the air every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's switch gears a little bit and talk more about your guys' business. Tell us a little bit about your business. What is it? What is it all about? Just share a little bit about how did you come up with the name? That's true. <laughs> oh, I'll talk about the name. <laughs> We're pointing at each other like, who's gonna take this? Like, oh, I'll, t- I'll talk about the name. <laughs> so, Avon is a made up word, <laughs> but it was made up of all things that stem from the heart chakra. And so, I think like the reigning planet was Venus. The earth sign was air. And so there there was a bunch of different characters from that. So that is how we came up with Avon. And then the symbol underneath it actually represents a glacier where what you see on the surface is not just what you see. There's so much more below it in terms of like being a mom and having support and, you know, kind of having everything that's going on under the surface. So I love that. I totally just got chills. The name and the logo. And Lauren will tell you about the actual product. <laughs> so Avon is a company that makes nursing bras that are athletic in style. They're comfortable. They're soft as butter. They're supportive. And, and adorable. And adorable. <laughs> and you know, going back to like all of my postpartum anxiety and feeling like I wasn't in control of anything, I really felt like I was out of control. Like I hated what I was wearing. I did not like my nursing bras. I felt like I was spending all of this time thinking about what I was going to wear to cover up my matronly nursing bra. And then I'd have to like change my bras frequently and 
depending on what I was doing. And I ended up like, I would wear my different sports bras and just end up like stretching them out like beyond recognition. So I basically had to <laughs> throw all those away. I'd stretch them out to nurse. And so I think I ended up just like channeling all of this frustration toward figuring out how to make my own because I wasn't finding what I wanted on the market. So yeah, we, we launched our business officially in March of this year. And Chandler and I became business partners in 2018 at the beginning of the year. And, you know, she and I were introduced by a mutual friend, Britt Gale. Hey. Woo woo! Hey, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, Britt had said, you've got to meet my friend Chandler. You guys are living parallel lives. You're both remodeling your houses. You're both pregnant. And I was like, cool. Yeah, let's meet. I want to meet this girl. And. So then we would get together, you know, whenever Britt would bring everybody together and eventually we had our babies and, you know, I started working on this project and I started tapping into Chandler and, you know, I shared with her my idea and I hadn't really been talking to it about it with anybody. I was kind of keeping it kind of secret, like, you know, cause you have that sense of like fear of failure and is this a stupid idea Yes. Is this worth my time <laughs> when I have no, li- I have no time to be don't, you know, to be starting anything new, but, you know, talking to Chandler about it and every time I'd see her and telling her, you know, cause she's a brilliant designer. I don't know if anyone that's listening has looked at. I think brilliant might be an overstatement. <laughs> There's no way I can make anything look as beautiful as you make it. You know, our Instagram is Avon Nation and shopaven.com is where you can look at our website. And that is 100% Chandler. And so I knew she was talented and I knew that I wanted her to, you know, do the design work. But I was nowhere near ready for that at that time. And, but every time we met and we talked about it, I would leave feeling so energized. And eventually Chandler said, Hey, you know, I understand if you want this to be a one woman show, I totally get that. I can just be hired to do the design work, but I really want to partner with you and let me know what you think about that. And so I put on like a poker face and I was like, yeah, sure. Let me talk to my husband. I'll get back to you. And meanwhile, like, <laughs> I was like I'm going to excuse myself to go to the bathroom where I like went and did a happy dance. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, I didn't even have to think twice about it. Like, there's no way I wanted to do this by myself. And so, yeah, I mean, we, you know, kind of like formed our business in 2018 and you know, since then, it's just been awesome. Just building something with someone else and having the full support of our families and our spouses and making it happen. Feels really good. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I love, I love your guys' story. And it's so, it's so nice to have one, like you were saying, just someone to bounce your ideas off of but someone that like here's your here's your business and things I want I want in on that because I know it's going to be wonderful and kind of fuels you even more and to be able to do that together and 
and grow this beautiful business and have, I mean, your product is honestly beautiful. And from personally, I can say I hunted for sports bras. I also hated all nursing bras. Every single one of them was terrible. And, mm-hmm. Same. and I hear you. And I wanted to work out, <laughs> but sports bras were not nursing compatible. You couldn't do it. Yeah. And no. trying to do anything functional with, with, you know, nursing with, with like your engorged breast is terrible. And your bras that yeah. you have to wear for nursing don't really support that. And sports bras hurt <laughs> because they're trying to compress yeah. everything yeah. down. It's just like right. you couldn't win. And I will say, honestly, for when I get pregnant in the future, I cannot. And honestly, right now, because your bras are so cute. Like, I want I want oh, to own one now and have it for you when I, I'm going to. Honestly, <laughs> I'm planning on getting one now because they're so cute. Yes. <laughs> and I like I butter bras. Wear them. <laughs> wear them all the time. And clearly we are um, past our nursing days but yeah it it, there was just we couldn't find anything that we felt like ourselves in and everything that I put on was like a very subtle reminder like hey girl you're just utilitarian now so yeah let's go ahead and just get rid of your style and anything that you like and we're gonna put you in a lot of beige and (laughs) oh my gosh yeah (laughs) so that was kind of when she was talking about this idea, I was like, no, this is, this really is great because it will give women so much confidence just to feel somewhat like themselves. Again, I think that was the part that I really resonated with. Like yeah. this again, gives women an opportunity, a, a very small piece of postpartum that you kind of get to feel like your old self again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You get yeah. something that you actually like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That you want to put on. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's and for you. Don't mind if it shows a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's not beige. Yeah. yeah. Or it was either beige or everything was awkwardly sexy, which was the route that I took, which was even worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I, I wore my ugly nursing bra and thought the same thing you were saying is like, how can I hide this? But like, not to mention is none of those nursing bras gave support enough for like I said for like my my enlarged breasts but also I let down all the time and beige really doesn't yeah. hide anything no no. <laughs> it no I remember I was at work one day and I was waiting for my break to come in and I was wearing my scrubs I was wearing my like nursing bra scrubs and then a lead apron on top because I do a lot of orthopedics and so you know there's a lot of x-ray going on so you're always wearing lead apron which by the way is not fun when you're pregnant (laughs) Um, it's like you're already carrying around your pregnancy weight and then also a lot of more weight (laughs) in an apron but but I remember like, I, I was getting ready. Someone came in to give me my pump break and I took off my lead and my scrubs were just like two big wet spots. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. Because <laughs> I had on all of that weight, you know, of the lead apron compressing and it was like, they were a little late coming in and it was just, I couldn't. That'll there take was... time to be late again. <laughs> yeah. like, all right, great. Bye, surgeon. Everyone in the room, I'm clearly (laughs) 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 (laughs)
Yeah. <laughs> Good time. <laughs> so, ladies, what is one piece of advice that you would give to a mama that wants to start her own business? I would say just be confident. And again, easier said than done. But I I love a good side hustle. I feel like I was probably a, a gypsy in a past life. <laughs> but as a designer, I have always had the opportunity to kind of hide behind my work and to really tie my name to this and put it out there and say, this is what I'm proud of. And this is what I'm doing. And I want to show everyone. It is hard to do that and it's really scary and it is so empowering once you start doing it and people are amazing and so many people want to help you along the way and everyone has connections and as soon as I put down that guard and kind of just started owning it it was just forward from going moving forward from there mm-hmm. yeah and I would say building on that sense of confidence that I don't know if you ladies are familiar with Marie Forleo, but, yes. but yeah, she, you know, is a strong believer that everything is figure outable. And I 100% believe in that, you know, we started this business. Neither one of us are, have ever worked in the apparel industry. We don't know how to sell. <laughs> neither one of us know how to sell. And it's all about the time that you put in and believing that you can figure it out and you truly can and I think that's the biggest piece of advice I would give is just to go for it figure it out be confident and why not agree yeah (laughs) why not yeah yeah that's excellent advice and I'm sure any mama that's listening to this that is maybe wanting to start their her own business or kind of maybe quit their day job to really dig into their side hustle. I think that's really good advice. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so our last, our last question that we want to ask you guys is one of our favorites to ask our podcast guests. And that is what is your favorite mom hack? Ooh, well, my cousin who is a mother of four children gave me this mom hack when I recently went to Colorado for a trip and my lips had never been so chapped. (laughs) We got up the airplane and like less than six hours later, I'm like frantically buying chapstick in every store that we went into. Like nothing could touch these lips. They were, it was, the air was so dry. We had come from Portland. We went to Colorado. It was like night and day. And anyway, I tell her that she's like, oh my God, well, have you tried nipple cream? And I said, what? (laughs) (laughs) And she heard this mom hack and it's like the lanolin nipple cream and you put it on just at nighttime before you go to bed. And I swear to God, you do not even need to like apply lip gloss during the day ever. It just, it works wonders. Interesting. So I think that's um, my favorite mom hack that I recently learned. Wow, that is a first. Wow, <laughs> that is a first. Do you still do it? I do. I, mean, I only I wow. only learned about this like recently, and I didn't have any nipple cream left, obviously, because my son's three and a half. But I bought more, and it's the same like little tube that I had 
when I was breastfeeding and using it and a lot of lip gloss and chapstick is the main one. Some of the main ingredients are lanolin. And so it makes sense, but it is, it really is nice. That is true. I recommend I just it. bought a sleeping <laughs> mask at Sephora that's called like lanolish or something like that. Uh-huh. And <laughs> I, now I know why. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, hey, beauty, didn't sing. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> that's good to know. I have mm-hmm. a I have a yeah. bottle of unused lanolin that I'm going to be breaking out tonight. Go so. for it, girl. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that is, that is so random, Krista. Do you really? I really do. I got so much of it, <laughs> so I was like, "Well, I'll just save it. I'll let you use it again. One, I'll use it again one day." So now I have a reason to use it. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe you can use your lanolin then. <laughs> use it too. <laughs> I can do that. <laughs> what about you Jim this might not be new for everyone but it's new to me so I'm just gonna assume (laughs) it's new to everyone (laughs) I just learned that if you have natural peanut butter you're actually supposed to store it upside down so then you don't have to stir it every time (gasps) and what (laughs) did you know oh my gosh Yep. Mind it's, blown. It, it <laughs> absolutely works. <laughs> so, but, oh, wait, okay, so wait, I, we, need, we need to clarify what you just said. So you said the one that you have to mix normally, if you buy it, you just turn it upside down? You store it. That and then way. you don't so, have to mix it. You yep. store it. Yeah, so the kind that separates, like the natural that has the oil separation, if you store it on yeah. the lid side down, then the oil moves up and it it's mixed in you don't have to do anything <laughs> oh yes. my gosh do you have to like, stir it first you... um yeah, I think I was... stir it the first time I've actually never been asked this many questions about it <laughs> <laughs> I think I do stir it the first time I open it and then I just put the lid on you probably don't have to it's that good <laughs> oh my gosh you've changed my world yeah, do you know how much time that saves <laughs> oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's like, that's, that is a great one. My goodness. Gosh, thanks. Okay, so definitely going to do that from now on. I actually have a big tub of peanut butter in the fridge. And I'm going to go ahead and turn it upside down. <laughs> you know, thank you, ladies. <laughs> this is amazing because Nikki gave me almond butter that she didn't want anymore that separates. And I was like, man, I'm always going to have to stir this and it gets everywhere. And now I actually am going to finish this almond butter that Nikki gave me. Did you open that almond butter yet? Have you even used it? I don't because I have to stir it. (laughs) You've changed my life, Chandler. Thank you. All right, ladies. So where can our listeners find you? If you want to give us your social media, your website, share it all. We want to know where to find you because every woman listening needs one of these bras or three or three of these bras or six. We have six different colors, two styles, six different colors. They're all available on Shop Avon and it's avyn.com. And our Instagram handle is at Avon Nation. And so is our Facebook Pinterest, we're working on Twitter. <laughs> if you want to know, you're on the back. Yeah. But just 
we're using hashtag Avon Nation. So find us wherever you can. Awesome. And for anyone awesome. listening, just so you know, their website is beautiful. And I agree with Lauren Chandler. You've done a beautiful job with your website and your Instagram yep. and your logo. <laughs> it's all so beautiful. Well, thank it you so much. <laughs> It's going in my portfolio. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, thank you so much, ladies, uh, for joining us on this podcast episode. We are so happy that you were able to come on here and just share your story and a little bit about your business. And if you guys are listening now and you enjoyed this episode, feel free to rate and review this podcast. Also, be sure to check out our website where you can find our resources page that has a little blog about about both these wonderful ladies and where to find them and all the links so that you can find easy access to get to them. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. We love all of these listeners and we are so excited to extend a 20% discount to all of your fans. And our code that is redeemable on shopaven.com is so you had a baby podcast 20. All caps and they will link it up in their blog post. Thank you so much for joining us this week. We are absolutely grateful and humbled that you would take the time to tune in today. Please join us each week as we change the stigma around postpartum and help build a community where women can feel supported, loved, and empowered. If you'd like to connect with us, follow us on Instagram at So You Had a Baby Podcast, or you can check out our website at SoYouHadABabyPod.com. And if you want to hear more and be part of this community, please subscribe to our podcast. We'd love for you to join us each week.